know what his problem is and why he's being so rude. Um, I don't see it that way. I, I think he's just being professional. No. Did you see how he just looked at me? Mm, nope. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me as we delve into how you're a blind gambler. Yep, I'll see you on the flip. I almost named this podcast A Week with Lisa. (laughs) The reason why is because I have been just enamored with the work of Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett. And she has a book that is amazing. It's groundbreaking to me. And the name of the book is How Emotions Are Made, The Secret Life of the Brain. Don't worry, I'm going to list the link in the description and I encourage you to get it. And in this book, it was published in a couple of years ago, a little over a couple of years ago in um, 2017. But she's a neuroscientist who did some work on looking at how we feel and react. And the summation of what she looks at or what she has come up with is a theory that is called constructed emotions. And it's quite interesting because... I am able to answer a lot of questions and conundrums that had me stumped for years as to how I could have uh, interactions with people I've known for many years and we could react totally different to the same situation. So let's get into this because I want to just kind of like help us understand that if if we continue to uh, do things as usual and uh, don't look past the accepted norms, we will continue to be blind to a lot of things. So let's talk about this blindness and this gambling that we take every day. Well, the first thing I want to say is, is uh, how well you make your gamble is based on how blind you are. Uh huh. There are so many things that we are unaware of and I have highlighted some of them. So for instance, um, sporadic scanning. It's where your your mind tries to compensate for things by making you blind uh, for little micro snippets of time as it stitches together what your brain can handle from what your eyes take in. So think of a panoramic camera. And how you take all of these different pictures as you scan and then the camera seamlessly puts them together to make a uh, scene. That's the same thing that our eyes do to help our brains compensate with all of the different images. Because if not, we would constantly see our world as a blur. So that is a type of blindness. And they say collectively for people who have uh, eyesight that in a 24-hour period, uh, we normally are blind about two hours out of that time. Well, not 24, 40, yeah, 24 to 48 hours, depending on, you know, what your lifestyle is. You could be blind up to two hours out of the day and never even know it. But yet and still, we 
are we double down on what we see and what we think we see. And there are so many different industries that are able to take advantage of that, whether they be entertainment like um, magic shows, uh, uh, movies and the like, or whether they be um, uh, companies that are meant for our well-being, like um, how we look at titles and words and, and print and marketing, subconscious stuff, uh, like embedding in. Um, the first one that comes to mind is uh, the logo for Wendy's, where in her collar, it spells mom, M-O-M, and that triggers a sense of home or what different colors mean in different societies and, and just on and on and on. And we take a gamble in that we stake our lives, our decisions on the fact that we think that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt what we are seeing, what we are feeling, what we're thinking based on how we are projecting. So now I'm going to be talking a lot about the different types of blindnesses as we go through, but I just want to kind of like talk about two more (laughs) that are amazing. And thank you, Dr. Lisa, because I I love her work. She's helping me put some more things together that I believe are helping me in some wisdoms that I'm needing. And you know, I'm sharing them with you. Another one I've talked about in the past is is called an, an attentive blindness. I-N-A-T-T-E-N-T-I-V-E, inattentive blindness. And that's the one where you tend to only see what you're expecting to see. And this one is diabolical. Um, In the previous um, podcast that I talked about this, I referred to a famous uh, experiment that was done where a gorilla came into the scene and no, and, and very few people saw it because they were given instructions to see something else. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. Because they, I believe it was biased. It was skewed because they were given instructions to focus on something else. And I kind of, you know, I mean, I believe in, um, in that type of uh, blindness. It's gotten me many a time. But I wanted to see, was there something on a mass scale that showed this? And lo and behold, there is. Now, it was back in t- uh, 2018 that there was a social experiment done using the popular, uh, at this time, the popular social media platform of Instagram. And there it was a uh, profile. Now, I went and checked, and the profile is almost defunct. It only has a few pictures left on it. But at the time, it had reached 58,000 followers, and the pro, uh, the profile on IG was Louise.Delage. Uh, so L-O-U-I-S-E period D-E-L-A-G-E. <clears throat> and it was of a young lady who um, photographed her exploits and her journey. And she would show her having fun in various situations, hanging out with friends, um, you know, in a uh, inner tube, floating on uh, a lake, uh, having, um, excuse me, having interactions with, uh, with friends at different uh, locations and parties and settings. And Everyone was just enamored that this this young lady was doing so well. And then, um, it, like I said, it got up to where everybody was so much 
uh, interested in the different locales and the wonderful activities. And it, it, by word of mouth and by the algorithms, it grew. Then it was finally revealed that this had been a social experiment. And only a few intrepid, are you ready for this? Journalists who are paid to observe the world with a critical eye picked up on it before it was revealed that this was a social experiment. Now, within this, inattentional blindness was blaring once they once they finally said what was going on. And that was this, that it was revealed that the true message throughout all the pictures, they were hiding a dark secret. Now, in these pictures, this woman is having fun. She's smiling. She's beautiful. She's engaged. Uh, she's the picture of health. But yet and still, in each one of the pictures, she had some type of alcoholic beverage in her hand, whether it was a can of beer, a glass of wine, or she was holding a wine bottle. But in each one of the pictures, they were trying to say that, that people sometimes hide or think they're hiding addictions in plain sight. And so again, unintentional blindness is the failure to notice a fully visible but unexpected object because your attention is engaged on another task, event, or object. And so in the context of Instagram, where people showcase their lifestyle and the fun things they do. People were so much more honed in on that part that they didn't see the blaring objects of a consistency of each picture um, glorifying some type of alcohol. Now, there was one with some pretty little peacock cupcakes, but out of context because I can't see the original post. It was just a picture of it. It's um, there. It's kind of like threw me off. But anyway, I digress. So that that's another type of blindness. So we've got this sporadic blindness. We've got this inintentional blindness. And guess what? Yep, there's another kind of blindness. We have got experiential blindness. Have you ever felt like you were stymied? Or like you didn't know how to feel based on what was happening, what you were seeing, or what you were experiencing. Have you ever felt like, oh, I'm a loss for words. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. That is part of experiential blindness. It's when you struggle to know what is happening by way of your emotions. And that experiential blindness triggers something within us that we take for granted. And it is, it triggers our software program of our mind to do double time, uh, sifting through files to gain more details on what could possibly be happening to us so that we can make some type of uh, understanding, make sense of what we're seeing. And why do we want to make sense of what we're seeing? Because we want to see if this is dangerous or if this is safe. And we want to know if this is a flight or a fight kind of situation. And so left to our own devices, if our minds are not on the on the brink, on the crink, we search for additional information 
whether it be another archival experience we've had that fits this one, or if we are looking at others around us to know how to feel. And once the experiential blindness takes effect, we go into this processing mode. And then after we come up with something, we can now react to it. Now, let me say this. And thank you, Dr. Lisa, that uh, I kind of uh, remembered some of this stuff in all of those classes that I had back in the day. But she really helped me to refresh my understanding of negative emotions. I, I have been taught and I have taught about the seven negative emotions uh, most of my educated and experiential life of life coaching, consulting, and, um, and therapy. And like I said, she helped me look at it a little differently. And that is that our brains are actually, we actually come with some pre-installed software when we're born. We're pre-wired based on the physicality of things to feel some simple feelings. And the simple feelings, and this is not exhaustive, but uh, some that you'll understand are things, feelings like calmness, agitation, excitement, comfort, and discomfort. Okay, so those are some pre-installed feelings that we all seem to have. And they are in and of themselves, they're just feelings. And but they are actually part of a base recipe that our mind uses to help us build emotions. And so now we get into Dr. Lisa's constructed emotions um, theory. And why I say at any given time, we are blind gamblers. Now, the reason why I say this is because you take these pre-wired feelings and you, you take this, uh, them as an ingredient and then your brain links them to some type of experience that you've had and hopefully the context by which you are in at the present time to come up with a concoction called an emotion. And y'all, feelings and emotions are not necessarily the same. Feelings can be emotions, but feelings don't have to be. Emotions are feeling strong enough to induce some type of reaction or movement or, um, uh, yeah, some, some kind of action or movement. And so that very word emote means to do something with what you feel. And so, I mean, as a fiction writer, I have to deal with this all the time when I'm constructing words because I am conveying to my reader that I I need you to emote here. And hopefully this way, I need you to laugh or I need you to um, feel the sadness uh, or the anger or whatever. And so sometimes we don't realize that we are taking our feelings, those baseline feelings that we have, and then our brain is doing all of this work to give us some kind of meaning so that we can react. And not for nothing, this is something that when I was reading and going through and listening to her TED Talks and taking information that I've learned in the past, sometimes I was like, what? Because, you know, she says this. And now 
you know, that I've been sitting with it, marinating it and, and looking at it in applicable ways. I'm like, yeah, I, I see what you did there. She actually says that at best, we construct emotions based on our brain's guessing and predictions. She says that instead of us living in a world where we react, where things happen to us and then we react, she says instead of that, our brains allow us to be in the world as we take in things, our brains predict causing our action. So we live in a predictive world instead of a reactive world. Uh, Example, have you ever had someone who was uh, watching a movie? And one person is giggling and laughing and the other person is sitting there is like, this is not funny. This is a, a low level understanding of this predictive instead of reactive uh, scenario that she's talking about. And so with that, we go on and we can look at some other stuff. Now, if you're still with me, thank you so much for helping me go help um, for allowing me to go through that. I want to kind of talk a little bit more about this uh, blindness and this prediction and some wisdoms that we can gain from it to how, even though we are still blind <laughs> gamblers out here, we can use what we do know now to help ourselves and be more wise about our situations. And the good thing with Dr. Lisa is, is she does give us some stuff that will help us. For one, she says that you can actually reprogram or override your brain's predictive behavior. When you learn to know what to look for and you start to teach yourself the habit of correcting, you see, there is a process that goes through. And it almost remind not almost, it really did. It reminded me of the process that we go through with building a habit. And what she said was, is that she took this instance of um, test taking, anxiety, and those types of things. And of course, she gave the necessary caveats that this is not a cure-all for different types of anxiety, panic, depression, or any of that. But you can use it if you, um, um, and when you know, when you can, and hopefully you will be able to get better results. Okay, so what she says is, is that when you go through this cycle of interacting with someone, or when something, um, when 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 you're having a moment, or you know, or whatever, these emotions, these strong feelings, these feelings that are enough for you to react to them, to to move, to to do something, to project them, what you can do is you can go through a process whereby you're able to um, learn how to reconstruct what you're feeling. Uh, Excuse me. It doesn't doesn't mean that it's a catch-all, cure-all, but you do have that power. And so she says that what you do is, is once you notice what's going on, like you're, you're reacting or whatever, instead of allowing that reaction to hard code onto your brain, become aware of it. So this is an example she gave in a TED talk that I really liked. And she talked about when you get that, that feeling of uh, nervousness, your, your mind is uh, spinning and whirling and you're feeling quote unquote anxious. She was like, instead of just accepting that as anxiousness, you can reframe it um, to mean something else. 
Mel Gibson in her book, her first, one of her books, The Five Second Rule, she talks about this as a coping mechanism that she does and her one of her children does to help her by reframing anxiety to excitement. And I don't know if it was based on what uh, Dr. Lisa talks about, but it sounds very similar. And so when I was reading it, I was making the connections of the dots of when I read the five second rule and how she did a reframe on this same situation. And so by doing this, she says that uh, you are able to go in because predictions and, and that racing mind are primal. You know, your predictions come from that primal part of us and they are there to help us to become more efficient and to help us with survival. Remember fight, fight, fight or flight? Um, it what, So what she was saying was, is at that moment, you are at the ripe time to be able to reconstruct what your world means based on what you give it meaning. And in a study that they did with uh, college students that were having uh, anxieties to test and to the point where they were almost about to maybe flunk out, they started helping, helping them go through this process of reconstructing what the feeling might mean um, and and explaining to them that if you stop it now, then you don't give that prediction credibility to mean anything. Because what happens to you today with regards to your feelings and your emotions, remember strong, strong feelings with action or emotions, what happens to you today with how you perceive and construct meaning of your emotions dictates how you react tomorrow when a similar situation happens. And when she was talking about that mind explosion, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, Then of course I went and I researched and I started looking at something that I've looked at before called the poverty mind. And when I was looking at poverty mind, because poverty mind is is something different. Um, It's in the realm of learned helplessness and all of those things are to me, and this is just me, saying this, I'm not saying I have actual proof on this, but all of these things are in the same wheelhouse of going through and allowing what has happened to you today, continue to write what happens to you tomorrow, unimpeded. So that is how you can have someone like I talked in the A part. And this actually happened to a a friend and I, I mean, I was like, we've known each other for years. And I was like, how could they honestly believe a person was one way and I was seeing it as another. And it was because of this. Now, this is another thing that Dr. Lisa gives that I want to make sure I share with you that was very powerful to me and it was wisdom soaked, drenched in wisdom. And she was say, she said this, that body movements, facial expressions, and those things are not based on emotions. In and of themselves, Movements and facial expressions do not directly correlate with emotions and they can be culturally biased. They can, a smile in a situation in America can look totally different than a smile in a situation in India or Switzerland or other places. And so you cannot say that this is a universal truth of someone looking at you 
and you think they're scowling at you when they might be looking at you and just trying to figure out what are you saying? They might not know what you're saying. And uh, so what she was saying was, is that your emotions aren't visibly detected. I was like, what? Yeah. Physical movements do not directly correlate with emotions. And so Emotions have no intrinsic movement in the body. She kept talking about there is no secret chamber in the brain where emotions are firing off and are sending any kind of controls to the body or to the face to move any kind of way. And I was like, oh, that's deep. You're going to get in trouble for that one, Dr. Lisa. Because, of course, I started thinking about the, the, the famous Eichmann experiments of microexpressions. We had a whole movie called Lie to Me based off of those microexpressions and stuff. I was like, ooh you go get in trouble. But I am able to hold these two different conflicting ideas at the same time. And I'm happy about that. But with what uh, she talked about, one of the, a few of the big takeaways, not one, a few of the big takeaways that I had was, is that because predictions are based on previous experiences and actions we took in the past, and because they are couched in the primal part of helping us make sense of our world in a quick and efficient way that keeps us alive, our brains are able to take in memories and take in reactions and also take in commands from us to change them. the poverty, quote unquote, poverty mind of lack and those types of things, it does not mean a, a, a sentence of lack anymore. It can simply un, uh, mean that once you know better, you do better. Affirmations. Um, there's another book uh, that I, I just read. Uh, it's a classic called Creative Visualizations. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a podcast on that one as well. But in that book, back in the '90s, they were talking about uh, the power of affirmations. And now, having gone through a week with Dr. Lisa, I see now why another level of why emo, uh, affirmations can do so well when you couch them in the experience of having some negative emotions, you can rewrite or overwrite the code with an affirmation to change the predictive behavior of how you will respond to something. You know what? I wish I had more time to talk to you guys about this, but I'm going to tell you, please get this book. It is so powerful. And again, it's by Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett. And excuse me, it is... um, it's 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 a detailed read, so it's it's not going to be just a quick sit down kind of thing, but it's really good, you guys. Um, the other thing that I, I wanted to say about this blind gamble that we make, unchecked, our predictions will lead us to make assumptions that we stand 10 toes on thinking we're right when they are subjective. One of the things that she said about the way our brains guess and predict She said that it's not just how we see others, but it's how we see ourselves. If you are having situations where you're sitting alone, nothing is really happening, and you have this weird feeling of dread or whatever, and she even said that this is your brain trying to predict what's going on because 
experiential blindness is happening. It doesn't know what's going on, so it's searching rapidly to try to figure out what is happening. And she even said, just by taking a beat and a moment to do a check-in and figure it out, is it just my body uh, or is it my mind? And um, when when she works with this area of sometimes... It is not a feeling. It is a biological situation. Maybe you're hungry. Maybe you're cold. Maybe you're not breathing deeply and your brain is suffering from a lack of oxygen. I was like, duh, this is so, it it makes so much common sense. Occam's razor all through here that the simplest explanation usually is the correct one. And she was like, do not. When you have these things, forget to check in with your biological functions, your physiological things of what's happening and, you know, forget to check in on those and just say, oh, I'm melancholy. I'm dreading. I'm 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 depressed and allow that to become the stamped response of when you feel that feeling again. Um, and again, like I said, she gave caveats to said uh, she said, I'm not trying to tell you that you can cure any kind of real deep seated um, issues of depression, anxiety, panic and that kind of stuff. She says, but this will definitely help you to navigate and negotiate when it is that. And I was just like, oh, mind blown wisdom. And just by doing this, I was able to open up a little bit more to see more clearly and to change some things. And I already see the active responses of how I relate and 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 do things changing. And I'm having different experiences. I didn't even have time to tell y'all how um, a, a grocery run went totally different this week as opposed to previous times by dealing with Dr. Lisa. And so you guys, I just want you to understand, you don't have to be a blind gambler anymore. You don't have to stake everything um, that you believe in and feel based on how your your mind predicts what you should feel. Your emotions are constructed at most times and you have the power over them to deconstruct and to construct them in a better way that is more beneficial to you, that helps you to live a more vibrant life. And so I hope that this has helped you. Please don't forget to check the show notes uh, for the link for Dr. Lisa's book. And yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. Check for the link to Dr. Lisa's book. And I am going to see you tomorrow because yes, this is a daily podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, dear. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.